No, it's not. Since we have, I should be wearing my mask, right? If this was Pennsylvania, I'd have to wear my mask even in here. I guess then you wouldn't have to use your pop filter, huh? (laughs) You take your pop filter off. What did I do with my mask? Where's my? Oh, it's on my. (laughs) Still (laughs) right right around your neck. (laughs) I'm still wearing it. Oh man. Well, uh, try this beer, John. Mm, It better taste like grape soda. Unfortunately, I didn't didn't pour it very well. Mm, no grape soda. Must of the uh, lager. No. What style? It's like a hazy pale ale. Hmm. It is only uh, like four point nine percent. Gives me more of a lager vibe than an IPA. Lager vibe. What what get what is it about it that gives you a lager vibe? Mm, it's not as hoppy. Not as hoppy. Yeah. Interesting. But I haven't been drinking a lot of beer, yeah. so. It's, uh, it's got quite a bit of hops. What's well, a lie. I did drink some beer last week. This, In fact, it has um, Citra and Galaxy. Mm. Yeah. Crossing the... Uh, so this is the homebrew stuff, right? This is. This is my first beer I've made in almost a year. You believe that? What'd you call it? <laughs> the, I don't have a name for it. It was really... Because I've got all new equipment, and it's just really just more than anything. It's just like to test the system to... Make sure I can put stuff in one end and get beer at the other end. Yeah. Well, I'd say it's successful. This was the rush one, wasn't it? It was rushed, yeah. <clears throat> it's not bad. Yeah. I guess I'm getting something salty. I, I feel like it's um, it's good for, you know, it's under, it's like 4.7, 4.8%. But I want to do something, you know, simple and mm-hmm. it's easily drinkable because I, I don't have any other beer in kegs. I had one keg left of a German Pilsner that was 13 months old. It was still great, actually. In fact, I was wow. sad when I finally blew that keg, but, and that was a few weeks ago. So I was like, I got to get beer and kegs. So I, uh, but yeah, everything's working. I mean, I've got, I've got, um, on like my fermentation, I've got heating and cooling. I got a glycol a chiller system and got that con- stainless conical fermenter with all these attachments and different things that let me do things that I just haven't been able to do before. I mean, in fact, um, I've got a lager fermenting right now that I was able to do this thing called, uh, spunding. Or spoonding if you're German. It almost sounds like a naughty thing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, an enhancement on spooning. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but it's basically like before fermentation is totally complete, you just cap off the fermenter so that as as uh, fermentation continues, that uh, the CO2 <clears throat> is trapped. Hang on a second. What's happening here? Something's not right. Test one, two. Huh, that was weird. So it's, anyway, CO2 is trapped. You know the difference now? <laughs> Um, and it naturally carbonates the beer, like during the tail end of fermentation. Hmm. So you get a slower carbonation, more natural, and you're not pumping in basically like manufactured CO2. So, you know, I do buy CO2 and CO2 cylinders, right? which is not, you know, 100% pure CO2. And I don't even know where they get, I don't even know where it comes from, actually, because I buy from a beer store that gets them, you know, and assuming it's supposed to be food grade, but who knows? And, and also, I mean, even if it is food grade, I mean, there's still, there's still stuff in it. And so as much of that you can avoid is good. So it's organic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just able to do things and it's like so much easier. In fact, on this logger right now, like I had it up to like towards the end, like I think I had it up to like 65, 66 degrees 
and now I'm doing like a step, like twice a day, I'm stepping it down by five degrees. I'm going to get it down to, you know, 30, but it's just so easy to control that. I've got a do do do. I just push the button to dial in the new temperature and every, you know, if it needs the heat, if it needs to cool, it's all automated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you, uh, attach your machine learning machine to it? Uh, yeah, exactly. Hook yeah, up no, Einstein uh, to Einstein, it? And... Yeah. I've got Einstein hooked yeah. up to it. Yeah. Um, more, most importantly, though, I don't have Sarah hooked up to do it anymore. Because <laughs> before, the way I did is I would just, you know, text her three or four times a day, say, hey, can you, ch- you can check the temperature? And, and if it gets too hot, you throw in a frozen water bottle into the water that surrounds it <laughs> oh, wow. in the cooler. Yeah. So way less ghetto. And it looks cool, too. A lot of stainless steel. My next project is, um, in fact, I bought a new chest freezer that'll hold like eight or nine kegs. And I got to get a friend to help me with it because I'm, I'm, I have zero handiness. Um, that can use a screwdriver that's about it but i'm so you know, but i'm going to build it into a teaser that's actually got okay. like the taps mounted to the front yeah. of it and everything <clears throat> but it'll hold eight or nine so I'll, i think i'm going to have a faucet in addition to the like dedicated you know n- normal stuff dedicated to beer or cider or whatever i'm making um but I'll, i'm also going to have one because our family drinks a ton of um sparkling water mm-hmm. and we do have the soda stream but even with the soda and the soda stream is great we've had it forever it hasn't broken ever um, but you still have to replace those canisters, which is not a big deal. That's not expensive. It's still way cheaper than buying sparkling water. Um, but it's kind of just a pain. And I, I think, well, how cool would that be though? Just to have one of our, one of my taps on my keys are just sparkling water. I mean, I've got water and CO2. Yeah. Like myself. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to have one faucet also that's actually just CO2 so that when I'm filling growlers or, or canning beer, I can flush them with CO2 just so that the beer stays extra fresh. Get quite the setup. Yeah. And then, so that's my next project. And then my project after that is I'm going to get a can seamer so I can actually can beers. I've got no hobbies. <laughs> you know, this is like my only hobby. Um, I don't know. And I, I avoided spending any money on it for, the, for literally years. And then after we moved, I'm just like, you know, I should just, you know, I, I had the garage floor coated and I had the sink put in. I'm like... I should just like feel okay about spending a little bit of money. I'm gonna, I'm a grown ass man, you know. <laughs> I should be able to, sp- I should be able to spend, you know, the equivalent if you amortize it over the years that I'm have been brewing and will be brewing, like, like a couple thousand dollars a year or something. It's not. It's actually a very, very cheap hobby. It's Even, funny. Yeah, I, I get myself the safe speech when I'm at CVS and I'm staring at that wall of candy. I'm like, I'm a grown ass man. I can buy candy if I want. That's true. You are a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> can that be a title? Which part, grown ass man? Yeah, I don't think I can. But just make sure you have the the wrong, the right. Never mind. Never mind. <clears throat> um, man, so something this this and this is nothing new. This happens, right? But it just particularly annoyed me this this week. And you were involved in it, but it's like you know everyone's working on a project. People have different roles, and. In addition to that, you know, some some people are like, you know, working on a project, like they're spending part of their time on some on a project you're working on, and then the rest of their time on another project. Mm-hmm. And I hit a thing where, okay, I'm stuck. Let's say I'm building an integration, which is what was happening. And I can't remember what it was. I needed a field added change or something. And so I asked because I, you know, I asked the the um, you know the the Salesforce consultant mm-hmm. on the project to make this change for me. Well, she goes to do it, and then she, well, she can't do it because. It's being referenced by Apex code. <laughs> yep. So then she asked you to, like, hey, can, can you do something, whatever it is you have to do, so I can change this stupid field type. I think that's what it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And it just becomes this chain where all of a sudden it deadlocks everyone. Like nothing, no one can get anything done on this. Yeah. And it's in this is the chain of dependency because which which is a human chain, but then it flows to a well, actually, it's I guess it's a technology chain that then flows to a human chain. And it's just like, there's, is there a better way to do this? No. And I, and I, you know, these are big projects. That's why they're. Well, the, the problem with that one specifically is that it was being, it was part of a calculation routine. So the change impacted another requirement. So in, in essence, we basically disabled that requirement in order to get you your field. Yeah. What I didn't realize at the time is I already had a way to fix it. It used to be a digit and then it needed to be because we're talking about grades so it used to be a, okay. a letter it used to be a number grade and it needs to be turned into oh now it, now start. it needs to be a, a letter grade mm. you know another way that kicked my ass was we changed it to a letter grade this is not i wonder if this i didn't do a good job of this crowd oh you know what i didn't i didn't flush this with it just, this is very fresh but when i made it this morning i did not flush it with co2 just kind of taste a little stale but your palate is much better than mine. Maybe. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so we changed it to a pick list. And these mm -hmm. are like letter grades for schools. And, uh, you know, so you have like A plus, A minus, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. And when you, I actually have, um, so part of the integration, um, it actually can, pick lists get turned into enumerations, which is great. It's great in, in code, like if you've got code that's doing data transformation or whatever, to be able to set and get, you know, pick list values as enumerations, so like, like in Apex or Java or something, right? Because then you're not just hand coding strings for things. You're actually just referring to static and enum values, which is great. But it turns out um, A plus is not a valid enum. And so it just converts it to A underscore. Yeah, I kind of figured but, that's But A minus... Is not a valid enum value either. So that gets converted to A underscore. So now I've got a generated code, because this is generated automatically, mm -hmm. that has you know multiple enum values that are actually the same enum value, because A plus and A minus both map to the same enum value, which is A underscore. <laughs> oh. So uh, that's I've enough. actually, I went through a period where I was really trying to make use of enumerations, because I liked the, the way they worked with the switch statement in Apex. But then I couldn't serialize it because the serializer can't handle enumerations because the enumerations, it's just kind of weird that it can't. Like in other languages, an enumeration will map to an index and you can use that index. Can you explain to me what you mean by it won't serialize? It won't, you can't have enumerations in, when you serialize in a, to a JSON format or something. The serializer doesn't like oh, it. Oh, okay. JSON serialization. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's that it, I don't think it has a value. Like most... I could be wrong about this, but I, my my history with with enumerations is that you can map indexes and values to them, or at least they would index on the order that they're in yeah. at, the, at at that point in time, which is kind of risky to rely on that. Uh, yeah, that's that's a problem with serialization in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in other languages, you know, you have like very serialization frameworks that when they serialize something from memory onto what, wherever you're putting a disk, network, whatever. Um, it also encodes in it like a some kind of version number mm. of whatever the structure was that you serialized, so that when someone deserializes it, 
it, it'll, it's got the version number there. And, and then at least you get, if it's whatever's deserializing doesn't support that version, at least it can proactively just throw an exception or something. Say, oh, we can't, you know, versus it silently failing or, yeah. you know, not working right. Yeah, the other, the, other, the other thing that kind of discouraged me from using them was I had to have a large amount of code. Is that the new whiskey? Whiskey cork ounce of oh, yeah. bottle cork. This is, uh, anyone who doesn't like that noise can blame Ray. Because this is, oh, one of the That beers. was pretty satisfying, one actually. The- <laughs> it had a bit of a metallic ting to it. This is one of the beers he got us. But uh, the other reason is I had to have so much code to translate everything. And throw a bunch of exceptions when it couldn't translate it to the enumeration from the text to the enumeration. So it was just, right to the point where I was like, I'll just deal with it as a string. And ideally, I'd like to have them as a, as a constant, but I can't use constants in a switch statement, which is kind of annoying. So, and you know, just littering strings everywhere, even though I don't like doing that. Yeah. You know, it's all compromised, John. We're just trying to get our work done. Trying to be a grown-ass man. Something like that. Okay. Well, I got um, a couple things in the news. Although, I, let me go ahead and play this clip. I thought it was funny. Yeah, so, so, Larry, um, Uncle Larry has been in the news. They had their, some kind of conference. Mm. And they just did it, you know, by, mainly by, via Zoom and whatever. But I was just listening before you walked in uh, to a little bit of Larry's talk. Not only listening like the first ten minutes, but but I had to I had to I had to grab this one. I to his TikTok, to his talk, talk to his talk. Um, anyway, let me play this. I thought it was funny. But it goes beyond that. Not only does it help you identify leads through our recommendation engine, it will automatically spin up a system, then that starts advertising to those targets. You don't go to your ad agency. You don't do any of that stuff. You simply have a run a digital ad campaign. You know those annoying ads that pop up when you go to you go to nike.com and you see that this last set pair of sneakers you're looking at every place you go on the internet those sneakers follow you around and then, he's, and then he and then he talks about how how they get, they're doing that but i'm like how how is he selling this feature yeah you know that annoying <laughs> thing that that nike does well you can do that annoying thing too to your customers yeah yeah oh I, but, but as annoying but, you know honestly here's the deal the, I, the thing I like about Uncle Larry is he says the quiet parts out loud. Yeah. I I, I do have to say, though, that um, as annoying as that stuff is, because I do get a bunch of Nike advertisements, it is kind of effective. I find myself on their site wondering if I should spend $150 on shoes, which I end up not, but, but it's, a, it's kind of effective. Yeah. To be annoying. Yep. I don't know. I don't... I, I think I... I'm so... I'm not anti-ad necessarily, but I'm anti the really, I mean, if you, if you go, if you, if you live a life without any kind of ad or content blockers, it's, it's almost untenable. It's just, it's just such a, it's such a disaster. I mean, it's going to burn your battery up. It's, you know, you can't get anywhere because all you see is ads popping up and animating and flowing and using all your bandwidth because they're all video nowadays. Most of them, you know, it's just, it's a mess and I hate it because. I, I do run ad blockers, um, but I also will like this for the sites that that are actually frequent mm-hmm. and that asks to turn in ad blockers off. I usually I'll, I'll at least try, and if as long as it's not yeah a disgusting sight in my face, I will leave the ad blocker off for that site. 
Yeah. But sometimes I turn it right back on. I'm like, you guys, yeah. I gave you the, you asked, I indulged and you just, you turned around and screwed me. Yeah. I mean, this is horrible. Like this is why people run ad blockers. Yeah. I've done the same thing. I've tried to turn it off and give them the benefit of the doubt, but man, it's egregious. Really is. I think the, I think the reason is because they're not curating it. They're basically letting the advertising platform take over. They're saying, we'll give you a spot on our site. We'll embed your code and you do whatever you want. And I don't think that's very good for, yeah. the, for their brand at yeah. all. But anyway, um, yeah, Oracle is, uh, apparently they, <clears throat> they're announcing like their big thing is, you know, CX. Remember, you remember CX? Is that customer experience? Um, customer experience. I think it is. Customer experience. So remember that was the, you know, that's the replacement for CRM. Mm. You don't see a CRM anymore. And when you say CRM, you're showing your age. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And there's this one. Salesforce only does one thing, which is CRM. <laughs> Uh, but they, so they have the CX suite, but they, you know, they're, they're having this big push for, I can't remember what they call it. Now I'm looking for it, but it's basically like vertical markets. So in addition to all their, they have, they have for a long time, have had just as part of their fusion apps and stuff. They've got all these different industry, industry specific, mm-hmm. I guess, if I can say that only had to have a bear, um, solutions, but they've also gotten more into vertical, just like Salesforce has, Yeah, you know, it may not be like something we have a whole division for, but you know, you can throw like basically some customizations into a package and call it, you know, call it a vertical solution. And they're doing a lot of that too. And just pushing it. I need to go through and uh, listen to that. The rest of that conference though, because uncle Larry is usually good for a lot of soundboard worthy clips. So <laughs> this, that's what I do for this show. I take the time. I listen to all the crap. I, I usually do too, but I've been, I've been so out of it. <clears throat> no, I have to, man. I, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to anything that's going on with whatever Dreamforce is supposed to be. It just doesn't. Interest I was going to ask you about all. that since we're talking about conferences. What's the hell's going on with Dreamforce? I have no idea. I have zero <laughs> I interest either. in it. I signed up. I did the registration. I got like one notification saying, "Hey, the keynote is blah blah," and I was like, "Okay." I didn't get any kind of put it on my calendar. I didn't get any of that. And I think even if you go to the site, does it have anything? So there are. Um, it does, and they announced there are some keynotes, but I believe they're all in December. Yeah, we'll see. And this is it is kind of confusing. You have the site and there's like nothing. There's no event. Yeah. There's no calendar. Yeah. It's just hey, John, sign me up. And I'm so I'm signed up and I got all that. But it's it's COVID, man. We're doing our best. Okay, the keynote will kick off Wednesday, December second. Dream TX. What is TX? Um, that's a good question because when I first saw that, oh, I trailhead? thought I think so, I think so. I think it's some trailhead thing, trailhead experience. Oh, God. <laughs> this is getting bad. Well, at first I was like, oh, they have a Texas thing, but it's not TX yeah. for Texas. It's something else. Transaction. Yes, it's dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Is it better to have something dumb like this, or is it better to have nothing at all? I don't know. Hmm. Did you say it's something dumb? Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, I feel like you're being a little prejudicial there. Why? And we don't know if it's dumb yet. It's not going to be dumb. They're going to do a good job, man. Hey, if there's one thing Salesforce does well, it's conferences. They're going to do a good job. Mm, I'm skeptical. Okay, that's fine. But don't prejudge it. Just, you know, oh, let, it, let it happen. They're guilty. I mean, they're hey, guilty until innocent. Is that the way it works? Yes. <laughs> 
title. Big Enterprise. Yeah. They're always bad. <laughs> um, if they're trying to be good, they're trying to sell you something. Well, so I'm hoping you've followed and done some analysis on all this news around the new Apple laptop performance, the M1 based. Have you? I have. I have to a bit. I've I've uh, I've writ- written it off as the extra large iPhone, but the latest reviews are coming back pretty good. Wait, how do you how do you write a Mac a uh, laptop off of as, as an iPhone? Because it's just an M1 chip. It's basically like a big iPhone to me. Uh, just because it has an M1 chip. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I guess when by saying just an M1 chip, you you probably now realize how incorrect that yes. thought is. Okay. Yes. All right. That's what I'm saying. Is is my opinion on it evolved? I kind of took it as, all right, they're selling me a, a bunch of vaporware. It's basically the same chip that's in these iPhones, and it's and it's running iOS basically. I mean, basically where we're at now is Apple is the kind of runaway leader in chip design. Hmm. Right? Am I right yeah, or wrong about no, that? No, they are cuz they're down to 5 nanometers. Uh, I mean, Matt, uh Intel is only barely getting down to 7 or 8. I mean, it's it's running circles around everyone else performance-wise. And even in single core well, performance, which is I'm I guess yeah, performance, performance you have to give or take because it's not as multitasking as some of the other ones, but it's also not consuming as much power, which is what Apple's caring more about. Well, yeah, there's more performance for less. Why power. is my laptop sitting over there, John, on the other side of the room? Because because it's so up, freaking yeah. hot, and the fan spin up when you you know plug a monitor in, and your fan spins up. Yeah, All right. And this is just you know, and and you know Intel. I mean, Intel has underperformed for what a decade now. I mean, AMD's you know handing their ass to them. Yeah. So, and of course, not to mention what's the what's the graphics company that's also just like killing Intel just with just. It's AMD. It's the Ryzen chips. Well, I mean, no, that's the also CPU. The, is um, it um, NVIDIA? Maybe. Anyway, it's just like I, you know, I don't know. Intel, they've got. They probably yeah, have NVIDIA. They probably got enough series. legacy cash cows that they'll be okay for a while. But I mean, they're just they've so fallen behind. And Apple, but you know, it started with the what are their the A you know their 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 mobile processors the A the A series right, mm-hmm. and now it's this you know going to be an M series. And I didn't think, it, I mean, at first I was, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know, probably be a little bit better, probably be more battery conscious and all that kind of stuff, power efficient. Right. But I mean, some of the performance benchmarks, and it's not all, of course, but because, you know, you're looking at single core, you're looking at multi-core, and there's, there's all kinds of different ways you can slice and dice and different right. tests, you know, are exercising different things. But I mean, the thing we've been really stuck on that we haven't had much progress with you know pretty much as soon as moore's law died was you know just single core performance and that's really important because so much of what we do is sing- i mean when i when i bounce this this episode to an mp3 and uh, with audition it is it's single core bound and yeah. so i gotta sit here and wait for 15 minutes while that happens well that's just because I, I don't know if it's impossible to multi-core that or what but i mean just so many things are not they're not parallel I and mean, they're not designed for concurrency Right, and so it's that's it's bound to a single core, and so single core performance is still a big deal. And not only is their multi core performance better with this M one, but the single core in some cases is like three or four times faster than my laptop, which I just bought four months ago. I know. And I still don't regret that, and here's why. Um, I mean, I'm excited about the future with M one and everything, but first of all, it's a first gen product, and I'm just not. I'm okay with skipping the sitting this one out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm lacking what I'm seeing, but I'm totally okay with skipping this one out. Let's sit in this one out. I mean, I have 
there's so much software that I run from shitty corporate VPN clients to um, weird Docker stuff and Java stuff and who knows. I mean, there's just it's going to be time before. Well, and speaking of Docker, that, that's one of the things with the M1 is it. So, and, and Apple will do a really good, I'm sure they'll, sure they'll do a good job because all the reports for this Rosetta 2 are already pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so they've got emulation and then there's also virtualization. Um, and you apparently it, you can run Docker, but it's but it, you can't so you, you can't combine virtualization with emulation. So mm-hmm. if you're running Docker images that are, I guess, contain binaries that are compiled for a certain CPU architecture, it has to be the CPU architecture. That CPU architecture has to match your machine. So all your Docker images have to be um, basically you know, ARM or whatever the hell it is. Right. And I'm, I could be getting some of this wrong, but the kind of takeaway I've got from just all the stuff I read is that you know, if you're a developer who's doing a lot of Docker stuff and different cross, you know, cross OS stuff, like it's, it's not there yet. But I don't know. That's I think, kind of been my I'm thinking if they too. solve that and then maybe in a year or two, I don't know. I mean, my laptop will be fine for a while. I'll probably still be three years out. But I mean, by then. Well, yours is, how when did you get that one? Last year? I feel like it was, no, it was this year. This year. Yeah. Yeah. It's the 2016, or no, it's the, it's the 16 inch. So I don't want I don't want to be on the cutting edge of the, of those chips. Also, the emulation stuff kind of worries me with some of the stuff I do. Not that I do anything crazy. You probably do more stuff that's worrisome than than the stuff I do. Uh, and then the third thing is that the pro that's out there now is what a thirteen inch, and I I just need some a bigger screen or I want a bigger screen. Even though I spend most of my time attached to a monitor, but still would prefer the bigger screen. Yeah, I mean, I see this as um, this is a prototype, basically. Yeah. Go. Big bottle. What is this? You can read the it. Guard. This is the guard. Yeah. What's this called? The is it the, the fries? Fries. And it's fry? uh, Amarillo hops. Amarillo. Spontane- a spontaneous wild ale aged in oak barrels for two years. Oh, that's good. Dry hopped with fresh Amarillo hops. <laughs> Um, so Degar does. I'm not going to pour this well because I can't no, angle not. my glass. Yeah, that's going to suck. Damn it. Oh wow, that sucks. That's if uh, I saw a photo that was just like that, a, a beer like that, it was almost all foam, and it and it said 2020. If 2020 was a beer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see if I can do this without killing my laptop. Yes, Degar does. I mean, I I don't know if they do a 100 like sour and wild uh, beers, but that's all I've ever seen, and that's certainly what they're known for is their their sours. Is that what this is? Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild fermented. I guess it probably uses. They probably have some mixed culture that they've developed over time. Oh, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Really got the edge of my tongue. <laughs> it's got some flavor to it. Yeah, it does. A lot of flavor. I'm trying to place it though. <clears throat> I mean, it's sour, but it's also hoppy, which is a I think it's a that's a combination that takes a little bit of getting used it's, to. It's sour, it's hoppy, and it's herbal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how else to say that, but it's just herbal. Yeah, the herbal is. Oh, here's here's the deal with that. Um, since this is a mixed culture beer, it's not just clean Saccharomyces yeast. It's gonna it's gonna have wild yeast. It's gonna have bacteria, and those are what we call um, pof positive. So uh, something. Uh, something off flavor. 
I forget what that stands for now. It's a genetic thing. Mm. But basically, uh, and that's that's really more of a um, Brettanomyces yeast type of thing, where well, some Saccharomyces do it too. But they um, they produce uh, what's called phenolics, which can come across as like a, a real wide range of flavors: plasticky, kind of band aid, smoky. Um, Hefeweizens are pop positive yeast, so that's mm. that's how you get the clove and the banana. Those are these are all phenolics. I mean, there's some esters in there too. That, but, um, but medicine is also mm. one of the like phenol. One of the some of the phenolic flavors can come off real medicine. So I'm sure that's because I get I get a little bit of like band aid, a little some med. And this is I know it sounds disgusting and weird, but I mean, <clears> it's you know, it's not. It works. It works. And it works better in some beers than others. But I mean. <laughs> you get any band-aid yeah i'm trying not to let your words influence me but i know sorry i did aside from the herbalness of it i did kind of get a little bit of i get a little cut, pickle is that some is there some dill or something i got a I little bit get of pickle. pickle okay on that aftertaste i can get that band-aid okay yeah makes sense that's <clears throat> a, it's a nice experience Taste all those different flavors. Well, I guess we, uh, continuing on the Mac topic, um, if you have upgraded to Big Sur, apparently data loader does not work. <laughs> yes, I've done that. <laughs> and uh, see, and this is that's the other thing. I'm I'm always like I'm always a good year behind on on <laughs> Mac OSs. Yeah, like I just updated. What am I running? Uh, Mojave. I just updated to it like two or three months ago. It was recent. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, it seems, I mean, the errors that I'm getting from it are, have something to do with the UI. So. You're running Big Sur now? Yeah. How do you like it? I like it. Yeah. Really? Because, yeah. I mean, people were just dogging on the UI. I don't have anything to dog on. I really like it. I stay in dark mode now because the features are better for it. Um, I mean, I haven't found any big issues with it. Okay. Well, good. I mean, it's not that different from a UI perspective. Yeah. I mean, things are a little bit rounder and... All that kind of stuff. I like the way the the toolbar works. I like the new control center. Um, I like the way some of the some of the apps I use have upgraded to kind of fit and match. Um, like uh, Bartender works much nicer. Oh, really? Yeah. How, what do they do for Big Sur? Uh, they have a lot of different features. So they have like this new uh, wait. They have this new system where you can define when to show something and when to hide something. So you can kind of define some rules for that. Um, also, on the bar itself, you can just hover over the bar, and the bar will expand oh. versus having to click on it. Okay. Um, and is that a big sir thing, or is that just came along with their update? Uh, can I? It came get along that? with their update. I don't okay. know. <clears throat> I finally did install, but it was through Set App. Yeah. Did you look at Set App? I did. Yeah. But I already had most everything, and I was kind of already on subscriptions for most of that stuff yeah. anyway. So. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, should we explain? Should we, did we talk about setup last week, last yeah. time? Okay. We should explain it real quick. So it's a, um, it's almost like, what was that Mac bundle that was real popular for the long, for years? I thought it was Mac that? bundle. It was called Mac bundle. <laughs> I think yeah. so. So it's one of these things where there's, you know, a, a company that will, it's their business model to basically aggregate a mm. lot of apps. And in this case, setup is a, it's a Mac thing. I'm sure they have them for Windows too. I don't know, but it's a subscription. You subscribe to setup. It's like what is it, ten bucks a month? Yeah. But you get unlimited access to all of these various apps that they have bought in with 
So they've signed up with Setapp. What what are some examples? Um, I mean, we just talked about bartender. Go ahead, bartender, iStat menus, I-stat, uh, um, fantastic or no, Busy Cal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that right there. That's fifty dollars a year worth of stuff. I'm sure. Probably. But there's 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 a ton. Um, let's see. And some of them are, you know, some of them are um, obscure. Yeah. But sure. a lot of them are, the, some of these mainstream, I mean, like iStat menus, that's something I always buy. Yep. And I always upgrade it every year. Uh, I wish they had like a, oh, Clean My Mac is on there. Better Zip is on here. I mean, those are, those are both good. clear VPN. I've never. It was Mac Heist. The only VPN you'll that's need. That's what it was. Mac Heist. Yes. Mac Heist, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, they might have changed the yeah. subscription as well, but at the time when I was using Mac Heist, you would just basically buy a bundle. Oh, Drop Shares in there. That's I've used Drop Share forever, and I always pay for it. Oh, so I'm going to have to. I don't have to. So Drop Share is really cool. It's one of these. I mean, there there are at least a half a dozen of these for the mm-hmm. Mac. There probably are half a dozen for Windows too. But it's a little app. It lives in your menu bar, and you can you can drag anything to it. First of all, dragging mm-hmm. drags a file like a file or really anything up to it, and it gives you a URL immediately that you can give to anyone. And they can get that. In addition to that, it's got all these things like you can, um, it's got its own screenshot thing built in and, you know, screenshots and immediately gives you URL that URL for that. Um, you can um, make videos. So I do this all the time where I, like if I want to need to like, explain something to a client, I just want to send them a video or to a coworker or something. You can, you can just drag a bounding box too. Mm. And just so it records a certain part of your screen, you hit record and you can enable the microphone or not. Um, but it just records your screen as a, and as soon as you stop, it uploads it and gives you a URL. Um, you can also, I do this for funnies all the time, but I, that's how I make, like, it'll, um, there's a mode on that same video capture thing. Instead of doing a, giving you a video to give you a GIF, an animated GIF. So I do that's those cool. all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I think it's, I don't know, I feel like it's like a 20 or $30 app. And, you know, every year or two, there's a new major version. So you're buying it. And that's just yet another thing that comes with the setup. So I don't know. And if you if you go sign up for setup, use the use the uh, discount code GDS. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I just kidding. We wouldn't do that. Don't make any money off this. I just oh pause in here. Holy crap! Oh, pause. I haven't seen or heard. Dude, pause. Great. I love pause. I know people like Postman and Postman's <clears throat> fine or Postman, whatever you call it. But pause. If you are on a Mac, is it is the mackiest of, like, uh, what do you call these API testing to you know tools mm. ever? Yeah, and that is a fifty dollar app. Pause fifty dollars. Still use Postman. That's fine. I know. I know Postman's fine and it's free, so that's that's always good. But I mean, I bought Paw a couple of years ago just because I've looked at it. I'm like, oh, this is this is. It's just got some things that are. Really nice, and I I live with these type of tools open mm-hmm. every day, and so it's nothing. I mean, it's such a, a considering the value I get out of it, it's it's a no brainer to spend fifty bucks on it. Anyway, well, John, let's see. I can keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I saw that today that Quip Slides is uh, going away. It's being end of life. They're killing it off. Quip Slides. Yeah, that first of all. Did anyone know the Quip Slides was a thing? No. <laughs> well, then it's no loss for you. No. Yeah. I really didn't use Quip at all. Oh, man. Here's another great thing that comes with um, Setup. Proxy Man. 
Do you use Proxy Man? What is Proxy Man? It's, it's like, did you ever use Charles Proxy? Mm-mm. Okay. So let's say that you've got um, an app you've built or mm-hmm. a third party app. Let's say, and let's say it connects to Salesforce and it does stuff, Salesforce API. But you're, something's not working right. You gotta, you're trying to debug, figure out what's going on. You can, like, Charles Proxy's been the big one forever. It's Java-based, runs on Mac and Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's called like a web proxy or testing proxy. So it hooks itself into the OS, and mm-hmm. all network requests go through it. So every time you're, this app you've got, or whether it's, again, whether it's something you've got and you're running, or whether it's like a, a third-party app that you don't have access to the code or anything, it intercepts all of the requests. And whether it's SOAP or REST, you can, you can see everything that's going, coming in and out. So you can really debug. Like, if you're trying to figure out, well, what is that app sending? Right. I need to see what it's sending. Like you, that's you can do it. Anyway, Proxy Man is a Mac one. Um, yeah, there's a similar tool that Salesforce makes you use as an ISV when you're connecting to an API and you're trying to get certified. <clears throat> that does the same thing. I forgot what it's called, but oh, it's really kludgy. And here's this is this is the piece de resistance that's going to sell. That's going to sell set up. Okay, you can get SSH config editor. Mm, <laughs> nice. That probably is useful. I mean, that's something that I probably would get use out of, but. Uh, yeah. But does it come with a Docker? I, yeah, I don't know, John. Yeah. If it doesn't, it's not, it's not worth it. Some of these are, some of these are funny. <laughs> Marked, write in Markdown with live preview. <clears throat> I feel like, uh, all text editors have that nowadays. But have what? Like a Markdown editor that you get a live preview while you're typing. Oh. You know, <laughs> I don't like them. Until Jay does, I don't know. I prefer to stay in Markdown. I tried doing the live editor thing and having well, it on the side. I mean, part of the design philosophy of Markdown was when you're looking at the code, yeah. it looks kind of, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's text mode graphics, basically. Yeah. It's readable. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't. It's need... not angle brackets, you know, angle, open angle bracket, emphasis, close angle brackets. No, that crap, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, some asterisks or underlines or. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, uh, it's a trade-off, right? You're, you're. Designing a language, if you're Mark, what's his name, Gruber? Dave Gruber? No, something Gruber. Mark, I think it's Mark. Mark Gruber? Is it? No. Uh, I forget his name. Anyway, they got the credit marked on. You John know, Gruber. Yeah, John. Um, Mr. Daring Fireball. You know, you, he's creating a language that is horrible for, like, a machine. Like, if you have, like, let's say you, you're going to implement a, a, a preview, a markdown previewer. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you, I mean, think of the parse you have to write for that thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not a good, it's not a good language for parsing. Well, there's an app on there, on your little set app, since we're, we're doing this free sponsorship here for them, yep. <laughs> called Ulysses. And that's the one I used to use a lot because it would mm, basically, you'd write in Markdown, but you can export it as a hundred different things, Word, PowerPoint, directly to a WordPress blog, all those kind of things. Um, so that was really nice about using Markdown to kind of write it the way I wanted it to, but then let it export however it needed to. Yeah. There's an ad blocker, ad guard. I could just, this is, I don't know, this is fun. This is probably not good for a podcast, but <laughs> it's a lot of stuff here. Uh, um, I read this dumb article hmm. about someone who tried to, tried to make the case that uh, local development was dying for the better. Local development in, uh, versus like development in a browser or something? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, it, it, it started out with the preconception, is that even the right word? That with all these new cloud platforms, um, didn't mention Salesforce, but all these new cloud platforms with with them implementing their some their own either scripting language or their own proprietary language or something like that, 
because we're not doing local compiles anymore, that local development was dead and everything needed to be put on the server and to try to do this pros and con list, but it's it basically made the argument for local development rather than for remote development. <laughs> that's a that's a poorly written article. <laughs> it was very poorly written. Um but yeah, it was just one of those things that I got to and read and it was just the dumbest thing ever. Hmm. I think not that there's reason to spend too much time on this article, but I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, the challenges of the kind of developing on things that have to be compiled in a cloud environment versus local, you know, why can't we have a local compiler for Apex, all those kind of things? I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, until really Salesforce, I never built any software that I couldn't compile locally. Well, even now I'm building, I'm building applications that are not a lot, but I have an application that I'm building right now that doesn't require, I mean, I can run it locally and I can develop locally and I can compile it locally before I even build it and move it to the cloud. So what type of, what type of app? It's just it? a view app. It's, it's the view app. Oh, this is the view. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's being right comp- kind of run real time compiled locally though. I mean, it is, yeah, that's being compiled and served. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there's a there's a local compiler even when you're just like running it, you know, in in developer mode or whatever. Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. I mean, um, uh, there's been decades of tools built around this kind of stuff so that it can sit there and work right. But yeah. uh, it's just a different experience. I mean, I hit save and it saves instantly. Oh yeah, and you see results instantly. <laughs> I see results right. instantly. Right. My, the the IDE is able to kind of give me better feedback on yeah. on the stuff because it's. It's real time compiling it and running it and checking it and linting it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I used to and have. And then if I run it and I have the watchers on, I hit save and my page is updated. Yeah. And then the, the browser, you know, the, this, it's, it's a trivial thing now to have, to have the browser automatically um, live refresh yeah. based on changes. So they're kind of tying it, tying into, I don't know if it's a browser plugin that does that or if it's just some native thing that browsers do nowadays. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I remember uh, this is like a, a presentation or something but i had a sound clip from this and this is this is probably a 12 13 year old sound clip i that i'd or a presentation i'd seen maybe i still have it i look for it but it was uh dhh who's the you know the ruby on rails guy talking about and again this was forever ago yeah um his requirements for for test performance and you know when he you know he'd have you know he's a kind of a probably terminal I don't know if he's, uh, he's probably a Vim guy. So he's got, you know, he's probably running Tmux and different multiple terminals. But when he, you know, changes some code and it's, you know, whatever, whatever, however you save a file in, in Vim, which we all know John doesn't know how to do, uh, that by the time he ch- his eyes shift to the terminal that's got his live test running, if the test isn't done by then, it's unacceptable. Yeah. By the time your eyes shift from here, there to there. Now, yeah. we're, these are obviously local unit tests. They're not, you know sending shit across the internet and whatever but you know that's what keeps i mean and the thing is like you know you know god bless you if, if you're the this kind of person who you can stay focused when you're waiting on slow shit oh yeah i can't i mean man and even and i'm not i'm not just picking on salesforce although salesforce deserves to be picked on in this category but um when i'm running like i was doing some work on um the camel salesforce component today and i'm running you know, making changes, running this, just this one integration test. Of course, it's connecting to Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, you know, the test takes, you know, I don't know, 15 seconds. And it's, I mean, I'm like, I can't sit here and look at this. I got to swap over to Twitter or whatever it is. And then next thing I know, it's like seven minutes later because, you know, someone tweeted something about some beer and I had to go look it up and, you know, or just whatever, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. I mean, I'm to the point where, especially on products that I know very well, when I have to run a, a set of regression tests, I set it and I walk away because I just, I, I just, it's it's my opportunity to kind of get up and walk away. So, so but if you're running a whole regression test suite, I, th- I think it's fair that that's going to take some time. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to be running something that has like 10 or 20 tests in it. And even if they, even if none of them do any DML, it's still going to take, depending on well, what's going on in the system, yeah. five or 10 minutes. Yeah. We've, so we've I might as well get that. up and refresh my coffee. I, I wish, and I don't know, maybe this is not possible, but it'd be nice if, if Apex had a, truly had like some kind of unit test mode where you could say, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to the database. I'm not doing any IO, no networking, no database, no nothing. Yeah. I'm just trying to unit test Apex logic. Can I do that without you having to, um, you know, because you think about when, you, when, a, when a normal Apex test runs, I mean, they're, they're, they're starting a database transaction, dropping all the data, apparently, right? Unless you have the CL, what's it called? CL data or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done Apex in so long. <laughs> it's like, this, these are some old brain cells. You know, it, unless you're doing the CL data true, I mean, it, apparently it's, you know, it's creating a transaction, dropping all the, dropping all the data from any, any tables, certainly that are affected. Running your tests, then rolling the transaction back, and it's you know obviously that's going to take time. Hmm. And if you're just trying to test, you know whether you're, you know you've got some math function you've created correctly in Apex, then, and if you've got a lot of those, it's a shame that each one of them has to go through that whole big database build up, tear down, whatever process. Um, be I nice. mean, it would be nice to have a to be able to develop a strategy where. I do true unit testing, and then I do integration testing. Right. So that yeah, I can split those scripts up. Again, in the rest of the development world, I mean, you, you actually separate your unit tests from your integration tests. Because you can set your, you can have your unit tests on just anytime I change anything, just run all unit tests. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just blazing fast. Right. Um, and then integration tests are usually, you know, you'll, you'll do nightly, so you'll just do them, you know, on demand or when you think you need to or right. whatever. Certainly would be nice. Yeah. But let me, let me tie a nice little bow on this because I want to read the end of this, pro, this paragraph where he tries to make the argument. Uh, this is the argument for cloud-native development. Developing applications in a service way changes how we configure our LDE, which is our local development environment. We can no longer work offline and run services from our laptop. Aww. Even if we get a part of the services running locally, it's not a solution. LDE can't emulate the network of a cloud setup, not, talk to about, uh, not to talk about API limits and performance. Because the LEE is no longer reliable, in my view, the only way forward is to embrace cloud-native development. So in other words, because of all the challenges, you might as well just give up on your local development and go cloud. Uh, it goes on to say, our code needs to run in cloud, and the cloud is now part of our development environment, and not just the production. The only remaining thing which is running locally will be our editor. It's clear that LDE is dying, and we won't miss it. As a trade-off, we get great performance, scalable, resilient, reliable, and secure applications in less time. Uh, that when I got to the end of it, cause I was really looking for some, some positive arguments on why local development is dying and we should be happy about it. But instead we get this, you can't, you, you can't do it and you can't win. So give up and, and just swallow it and like it. Well, I mean, 
There's no black and white. It's it's a spectrum. I mean, there are certain aspects of development that do require you to be more connected nowadays. I mean, I get kind of what he's saying. When you have when you build your application on AWS and you're using all of the components of AWS, one that handles all your identity management, one that has maybe your data store, one that handles all these things, how do you replicate that in your local environment? You, you don't. You I don't. mean, if, when you need to actually run integration tests, then it connects to those things. Right. But I still want to do all my development locally. I still want to have my compiler and my the thing that runs my unit tests and, I mean... I, my editor, I just, I do want all that locally. It's just not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. And I think that was the point they were trying to make, but they just did a horrible job at, yeah. at expressing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we get into these, these environments and we start using more of their plug and play technologies, it, it starts to kind of be a detriment in my opinion, Yeah. in terms of developing something that's going to be reliably pushed from environment to environment. Yep. So, anyway, um, well, John, uh, we, you and I going to like fight to the death over who gets this swag, the Salesforce podcast swag? You can have it. You don't want any of it? Mm-mm. Really? I get a lot of swag. I already have I know. Some. You're still, I, like I was saying, you're still an MVP, so you still get it's the MVP swag. swag. Like, it's, if somebody wants some like MVP swag, just let me know. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I got like shoe wings, like the wings that you like tie into your shoes. Um, I've got tons of stickers. Um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think of... I think, I I think I'm going to put it in a time box or a time capsule and dig it into my yard and just leave it there for someone to find. Well, that'll be a disappointing time capsule on <laughs> Earth. <laughs> oh, corporate paraphernalia. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> um, but anyway, well, we should, we should thank the, the Salesforce podcast people or whoever it was that sent us Salesforce podcast swag. <laughs> I have a hunch uh, who, who might have been behind that, but... And I think they know who they are, so thank you. Uh, I will cool. enjoy. That's a nice. I'm, I like the hat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'm just, I never see you wear a hat. hat. You know, I, I I've never been a big hat person, but I do wear hats more nowadays, mainly because I like to um, sometimes, like on a Saturday or Sunday morning, get up and not have to take a shower immediately and just put a hat on, so to cover up my greasy, messy hair. I have to wear hats. Also, the whole skin cancer thing. I gotta wear hats more. So yeah, because I'm always. I mean, my kids are still in sports, so when we're on the field, it's bright, sunny, yeah. and there are times I have to give up my hat to... But you've always got hats on, it seems like. Yeah, You're I mean, a hat guy. You've always been kind of a hat guy, huh? Yeah, well, I like wearing hats. And we're talking, you know, baseball caps yeah. style hats. I like the trucker hats, too. I don't like them as much. I have a couple, um, and I tried to wear them, but I just, I still prefer... Just my regular caps that I can kind of bend and everything. I don't not into the flat bill trucker cap with the mesh in the yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> I've got well, there's a, a a brewing podcast, I guess that I listen to. I, th- I guess I must be a Patreon for them. Um, I I need to. I should look and I should log and look at my Patreon again. <laughs> I give money to so many different podcasts um, through Patreon. But uh, what about ours? Oh, I give I do give money to ours, but it's not through <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Uh, but they, they sent me a, um, uh, they had hats made and like, they're like kind of the trucker hat style, yeah. but they're, 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 it's nice. I mean, like it's, you got like their logos embroidered. It's kind of hard to explain, but yeah. did a good job. looks nice. It's, it's, I was I've thought about getting, to get that. getting, uh, hats made for us, but I didn't think you were a hat person. Ah, see, I so. think hats would be cool. All right. In I'll, fact, I'll, I was I'll thinking. I'll make a hat for you. I'll make a hat for you. 
But we have to. Well, I think we're like we need a meeting on what style, what kind of hat, what style, and like, is it a printed no, or is it embroidered? It's a, it's a Nike. Like, is that black... embroidered? Is that an, is that your MVP hat? What is that? No, this is this oh is... MV Endurance. Okay, yeah. Is that embroidered? Yeah. Or is that printed? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get a black Nike with the logo right there. Okay. Uh, so, but speaking of swag, I actually. I've got I've got all my sticker requests cleared out. Everything's been sent off. So the people who were in this most recent batch, you should be getting stickers soon. Also, added up if you're looking for a gift for your significant other, uh, a good day sir sticker. Go, you know that'll put you in <laughs> man. That'll give you some yeah. brownie points. Oh, totally. You're getting laid. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, but we've sent out 414 stickers. Oh, cool. I should say. I've sent out 414 stickers. <laughs> I still have mugs. I can't get rid of them because they're so expensive. I to was ship. actually thinking those. You know what? They're expensive. Those to ship. are. I bet I can find cheaper ways to ship those than what you were than what you were finding. If you can, let me know so I okay. can get rid of them. I have a bunch of them. I like those mugs. That's my favorite mug. Also, That's, we also have these five. Oh. Uh, I call them panty masks. <laughs> no, we do have. We have good. They're masks. Yeah, and so they're just a really thin, silky fabric that I wasn't expecting. I wanted them to be oh, more cotton. I thought that's what you liked. No. That's what you told me. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, we still have, so yeah, we've sent out 414 stickers. That means we have like, I don't know, 1,500 left. I don't, no, no. No, oh, yeah. I don't think we've gone through a quarter of them. Oh, wow. Um, so, dear listener, send me an email and uh, your, with your address and the number of stickers that you want. I can send, you know, up to, I mean, don't throw them away, but like. If you if you want like ten to send to give to your like coworkers or your your group or whatever, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, shoot me an email info at gooddayserpodcast dot com, and I need to get rid of stickers. So yeah, keep those sticker requests coming. Just litter your neighborhood with them. Just put them on lamp posts and yeah, or in uh, like at your local bar if they allow stickers or on the bathroom door. Of course, our our uh, sticker and logo does nothing to advertise for us. No, it doesn't. That's not the point. <laughs> It's just so when someone sees it and they know about the podcast, they're like, ah, oh, I know about that podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, which on, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, you can also send us an email at that same email address, info at gooddayserpodcast.com. If you have uh, topics for the show, so we don't just ramble incessantly like we did today. Uh, or if you have questions or feedback, what else, what else do we do on the email address? Is that it? I mean, whatever. It's email. Uh, reviews would be nice. That's true, but that's not They're email. fun to read. Yeah, we always accept reviews. Um, you can do a review on email. We have a um, just tell us it's a review. Well, that's true, but that doesn't. I just like to read them. Yeah, no, I know. I like but getting it's feedback. If you do. I, I think I just like getting feedback. I like the to know gold. The gold standard for reviews is the as Apple reviews by far. Yes, and if you go to our website, there is a link to write a review, and that has some instructions on how to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, and if you write it, if you leave a review let us know send me your address and i'll send you some stickers and maybe in one of john's uh panty masks yeah that'd be cool uh what else uh, we have a slack so if anyone's listening who's not in the slack yet you should probably join and you do that at uh, gooddaysirpodcast.com and click on community that will get you in what else john thanksgiving's okay, we, coming up that's for true. us u.s people uh, what, are you, what are you doing for uh you guys doing a turkey no, we never do turkey. You we do don't. steak. It's okay, that's cool. No, but we are doing something different it. with the steak. Okay. 
Um, I ordered some A5 Japanese uh, okay. Wagyu. Yeah, nice. So that's the kind of steak you don't just eat a whole one, though. So we have one of those, and then we have a couple of regular steaks. Yeah. Because that's... Just, don't waste it on your kids, either, you know? They're the ones that, that want it. They call it the melty meat. <laughs> oh, it is. It is melty, yeah. yes. I mean, it's just it's a very rich, very decadent thing. We're going to sous vide it, and I got a blowtorch. I'm going to sear it with a blowtorch and everything. Really? It's going to be awesome. Mm, okay. Yeah. So just sous vide and then, and then blowtorch yeah. the surface? Yeah. By the way, um, Costco has just unbeatable, unbeatable meat. They've got... Yeah. I was in there the other day. Because I was looking for stuff to barbecue, and then they, they had like, because you know, one of the big things nowadays, at least in Texas, is these beef ribs, and that's always been my thing. You like them? I love beef. Well, ribs. first of all, you can get those freaking giant Flintstones yeah. beef ribs, which yeah. those are amazing. But they also have the smaller—I can't remember what they call them—the almost like beef short ribs, mm-hmm. but they're not short ribs. They're 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 the actual ribs, but it's some shorter cut. I don't understand why. Um, and then they've got you know they've got. Choice brisket. They've got prime brisket. Brisket. They've got wagyu brisket. They've got choice and prime of just about everything: tenderloin, T-bones. Um, they've got they've got wagyu ground beef, and it's all prices that are probably half of what you pay anywhere else. Wagyu it's amazing. Beef doesn't sound good. It's just it's it's actually delicious, but it's very unctuous and yeah, yeah, it's juicy. It's moist, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, you, <laughs> for those of you who can't see, Jeremy said that while staring directly into my eyes. Um, so that was an experience. Uh, I thought I thought you might take us out on the note. We have not. no. We have to thank whoever gave us this beer, didn't we? Well, we we I acknowledged and we have thanked before, but this it was Ray Ray Deller who sent us these because I read cards. it, but she didn't mention that. Yeah. So I wanted to at least leave yep. it at that. Yeah. So we will be sampling these over the next months. I'm sure. I actually figured you drank them all. I figured you were just being. I drank one. I drank one. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yep. I mean, you're just going to complain about, you know, and give me that sour beer face. So you don't deserve them. Oh, you like it. (laughs) You like when I make faces. Yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. And to that, I say, good day, sir. (laughs) You bastard. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.